Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lance Curve. I'm always going to try to bring you the deepest thoughts, shoot from the hip, authentic. And today I woke up. I woke up late and I don't feel guilty about it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try to wake up as late as I possibly can until my body and my brain screams to get up out of the bed to recharge. I put enough decades in of hard work, sacrifice, time wasting with many superficial individuals that now that I'm on the me time, there's a lot of disgruntled entities who can't suck for me anymore. And it makes things for me so easy. A friend of mine said, how can you get on the mic and just talk straight for an hour? I said, don't we talk all day? Some of us talk. I mean, if you sleep eight hours a day and if you get that much, let's just say you get that much. That's what you should be getting just about. You get older, you need less. But then you have 16 hours a day. Aren't you talking most of the time? No, not every minute, every hour. But from the time you wake up, shortly after, you might make a phone call, talk to somebody, talk to yourself. You get out in the world. You might be by yourself, but you still have to ask the person, what's the price of that item in the store if it's not posted? You see? So most of the time, we're talking. But you see, here's the thing. Lots of times, we, we, we talk foolishness. We talk stuff on the surface level. But we don't really go deep. And I'm not saying if you run into somebody on the bus stop, you know, you're going to be there for five minutes waiting for the bus. You say, excuse me, stranger, let's have a very deep conversation. But when you look around, you realize that deep conversations are being experienced and engaged in less and less. Because of what we've turned into overall as a society. And that's everywhere in the world. See, it, it's. You can enjoy light banter with somebody, but we have less of a connectedness because we're not presenting our, our authentic selves to the next person who we have deemed to be closer to us or in our inner circle or someone who's on the same wavelength. Because people in your inner circle could be covert enemies, but you've allowed them there. So you've got to vet, 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 vet. See what they were before. See how they are when they're away from you. You got to be careful. And I have to say that the reason why I'm so relaxed and so calm, one of the reasons is I've gone through my phone, my contacts. I'm sorry to say it. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry to say it. I'm going to say it. And this is not... Everybody I did this to, but I have been on a deleting and blocking spree like no other time before. You have to make the conscious decision to just chop these people who pretty much have come around you for their own reasons. And what have they done for you? Do you have a mutual relationship, a mutually beneficial relationship? It doesn't mean tit for tat. You did this for me, so I have to do this for you. But, but the spirit of the person that you know that they have your back truly, 
not some positioning for a hookup because they have connections to somebody or a group of people that you want connections to or some kind of hookup where you can get fame or they can get fame from you or notoriety and get you out there. And that's the only reason why they're around you. Not around you because they care for you. Whatever they think they can get. Young ladies, you have beautiful bodies, beautiful faces. <laughs> you have orifices. Men come around you. You have to wonder, do they come around me for that? Or do they truly care for me? Women come around men, right? Lots of times it's for something. I'm not saying all women, but they want money. They want to be secured, but they don't want to commit. They just want to allow you to get off on their beauty and pay me. It's funny because there's certain places in the world where the women will, hi, how you doing? What's going on? I need a, I need a, I need money. I see a dress that I like and I need money. And they're smiling at you, open your face. With the promise of intimacies, but they want to get something out of you. They give them money, you don't see them anymore. That doesn't happen to me. I have given lots of women money. But it wasn't because I had that on my mind and I knew they were sincere. So those who hear me say that, don't start hitting me up. Especially this thing called Telegram. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm on all social media, and since coming out here, there have been so many women that, hi, I like your work. What a, they talk with you for a little while. They make it seem like they're doing something worthwhile their life, and there's no type of sexual anything. And then here they come in the next paragraph asking you for money. Oh, my grandmother died, and we don't have enough money for the funeral. And you go over their timeline, the grand, grandmother died like six months ago. Then you see the other one that died two years ago. But then they come for you for a new grandmother. How do you have like more than one, uh, more than two grandmothers? <laughs> the hustle's on. I just want to say that social media has turned us all. And I say all, I don't mean everybody. I'm just saying that, right? That's just the catchphrase. But social media has turned us all into presentations. We have become something that we are not, and we know we're selling a sham. And that's one of the things, even though I did not know where social media was going when I got on it in 2001, the one thing that's kept me from becoming that superficial presentation was the fact that I said, and I don't know why I said it, I just said this to myself. I said, listen, I said, as long as I'm on this thing and projecting my image, my words, my thoughts, my art, my videos, which videos went around and like that. I said, I'm going to be myself. And I think that that is one of the things that has kept me online easily because I don't have to rehearse to be myself. I remember I was flown up in 2009 in February to speak at the College of New Jersey. I think it used to be Stanford University and they changed the name. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I was there for a couple of days. And there were other notables who were much more famous than I. And I don't say fame, but I was just a regular guy. I was, I was honored that they would fly me up and have me speak and do a video presentation of my art and speak on life and human nature. Ah, we missed out because I had somebody who was supposed to record that and they didn't. I was like, oh, man, that was a one man show that day. And there were a lot of people that were there that were young, that. They finished high school from like 14, 15 years old. These youngsters were brilliant. 
I don't have to say it was the majority black women, like 75, 80% and 20% black men. That's not a knock. That's just what it was. And I realized it wasn't just about the artwork. It was it, that that's why I was brought in and for the writing that I do, just general thoughts as a regular blue collar guy. But then I realized how hungry the audience was for statements and, and comments and perspectives on life. They started to ask me questions. And I did like a question and answer thing. And, I, and it rolled like that. I spoke for like 15, 20 minutes. I, was going, I had like an hour and a half to speak because the young lady that facilitated me coming there and sp- spoke to the administrators. And they had to check me out. And they were like, because, you know, I, I, I write radical things. And back in those days, I was like, they, they gave it a hard, they gave her a hard time. Young lady from Nigeria. She was head over the African Student Union. And um, they gave her a hard time. And eventually it broke through because it was Black History Month. Aha, uh-huh, Black History Month. <laughs> Everybody's, they get everything from us, but we get a month, right? We get a month. So that shows you who's in power, right? So anyway, when they asked me the questions, I realized that as brilliant as these young individuals were, they had no experience in life, meaning that they studied so much, they were sheltered, most of their parents were affluent, and kept them where, and it was like a slavery thing where, no, you can't go out and experience life, but they had such a supercharged, focused existence that these youngsters that had already graduated college, and they went into other things most of them were scientists from what I gather, um, budding scientists. They were interested in that field, which I couldn't tell you exactly which specific aspect of being a scientist. They were, they all weren't the same, but this is how far they were at 21, 22, 23 years old. You already knocked out college. You're in college again for something so specific. And I think it was wonderful. So I was speaking generically and after a while, you know, the hands started coming up. And so we got down and I think I was there for like maybe three, almost four hours. It got to the point where, you know, the people that ran the whole building, they were like, listen, you're here too long. <laughs> you're here too long. You can't be here at this point. Wrap it down. And it wasn't that it was any kind of hazard or anything, but they had to have people and staff maintenance and stuff kind of hanging nearby and past a certain point. I guess they weren't going to get paid. But the audience loved it, and I loved it. And we got down into some nitty-gritty things about relationships, about love, about life, what to expect in life, how to handle certain situations in life. And then I realized that my life, that at one point, I never felt bad about my life, but my life was so fragmented. A job here, a job there, relationship here, wild times here, all these little tiny pieces of things that, I experienced, and I always say it like this, it was like my life was like a bunch of different colored rags. And I've learned to sew it together to make it a beautiful quilt. And so many of you out here may feel that your life is not adding up to anything, but you realize that you have a wealth of information a wealth of accrued wisdom and perspectives that many need to hear. So don't ever think that your life is a waste. It's valuable to someone. And so it was on that day, after so many years of being online, 
that I realized that I don't have to dress myself up to be somebody spectacular or that guy who's the next big thing and you're going to blow up and you're going to take over the world and be this big prophet and you're going <laughs> to there are people who, who fall for that. There are people who have lost themselves in social media and they have forgotten who they are and they have become this presentation. Let's talk. It's like years ago, I had friends of mine. I always hung out with friends who were a couple years older than me. You know, I don't know why I just did that. I mean, it just happened that way. Those who are my exact age, it was, eh, especially if they didn't have any experience in life. I never thought of it consciously that way, but looking back, that's what it was. I guess because a lot of my experiences happened at such a young age coming up that because of my father and the awareness that he gave me and how we would drive in his van because, you know, he had his own business. So he had a work van and that's what he used. And he always had several cars, station wagon, car here, you know, whatever, either a station wagon or a van, but he always had a van. So I had, I had the honor and pleasure and advantage of having a father. My mother stayed at home sometimes and then she went back to school and then she, she taught again. You know, York College, LaGuardia College in New York City. And uh, she used a maiden name in teaching, Johnson. So she was always Miss Johnson. And so many might hear this and say, hey, I remember her, <laughs> who might be of a certain age. But they, they was together, but it was either hang out with your mother or hang out with your father because he's working, got the truck, or she's on the train or whatever, getting a ride or whatever, and doing her thing, concerts and singing and stuff like that. So going around with my father... I had a chance to hone my gut instinct on human nature. And even if he didn't have a specific job uh, scheduled, he still had the ability to drum up work, go to different work sites, talk with different people, have different appointments, assess what it needs to be done, get estimates. He had regular gigs and he had regular maintenance on landmark properties where the floors had to be you know stained and, and maintained a certain way and only but so many people were eligible to do that it was only a handful of people you just couldn't bring in any old joe who didn't know what they doing their stuff with wood the type of wood the type of stain you know and these floors weren't perfectly flat like in between the planks i'm not saying planks like it was a warehouse but in between the different layers of floor, it might go down a little bit. So you have to use your hand to get in between those cracks and you have to maintain it to look exactly, exactly the way it did hundreds of years ago, 200 years, grandfather, like, like six, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're all over Manhattan, all over the whole city, meeting people. He knew so many people. And that, in turn, made it where I got to know so many people. And as I got older, this is why I was so relaxed to go around all over Manhattan, all over the city on my own from like I'd sneak away at 12 years old, <laughs> 12, 13 years old. And I'm all over the place because I had friends all over. It was a weird advantage. If he had a job that he was doing in a particular neighborhood, and I've said this before, and I'll just say this. We would be there three or four days. I'd go there with him. I might do little things like scrape the corners or something. Like he'd teach you to do little things, take out the garbage, do this, do that. 
But usually the kids in the neighborhood, I'm sitting on the front steps. They'd come around. I was a new, I was a new kid. And I used to bring my comic books with me. So I would always read my comic books or draw a little bit while I was somewhere. I might be on the front stoop. You know, I wouldn't go far. You know, my father's working, but he's like, yeah, you know, I knew not to go wander around the corner. You know, kooks were around then too. So kids would curiously come around and we talk. They see my artwork. They see my comic books. We're talking. That first day was tentative. The second day they were around me. The third day we were the best of friends. The fourth day we were best buddies. So as I got older, I would venture out to these neighborhoods where I knew some of the kids that they were growing too. Some moved away. Some started doing bad stuff, the drugs, whatever. But there were always somebody in all parts of the city. So I was very comfortable going around to different parts of the city. So my, my exposure to the masses of people and different types of people, whether, whether they were from the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Mexico, black folks from the South, African folks, Black people from Africa, native born, um, East Coast, West Coast, you old, young, you know, rich, poor, educated, not educated, legit. Some people selling drugs, numbers, people, you know, doing the numbers thing. I can tell you about the guy named Johnny who got killed right in front of me, you know, he shot up and I saw the body drop. And I'll never forget the, the sound of his head hitting the concrete. Like you see so much and you internalize it. And so I have a. I have a vast storehouse from young, as opposed maybe somebody who just grew up in one neighborhood, played on that one basketball court, got a job, went to the same job, and that's all it was, limited experiences. And they may still ascend to know human nature, and I'm not saying I know all of it, but I have a gut-feeling instinct that really never, never fails me. And I've still been duped. Even with all of that, I've still been fooled. Don't get me wrong. You know, so I see how society has changed. And I see how it's become so guarded and plastic. And I'd say this, the only good thing about social media and human nature, it causes people to think a little bit before they, not just before they talk, but before they present themselves, because usually they're presenting their representative self. They're they're presenting... A well-constructed, uh, uh, just, just they take their time and, and, and construct this perfect imagery and it's not them. Then you got to say to yourself, okay, why are they doing this? They're doing this because of the insecurities within. They feel as though they're not good enough. And so it's easy to take care of it with Photoshop. Oh, I have a couple pimples over here. Let me remove them. Oh, my face is looking a little bloated because of the bad food and the alcohol that I consumed over the weekend. So let me use this image slimming uh, uh, feature so I can slim my face down. I can lighten my face. I can darken my face. I can make my nose smaller. I can make my eyes a little bigger and more expressive. You know, it's funny because social media is here to stay. So this is not anything new. So I'm quite sure we've all heard of a person who agreed to meet somebody off of social media just to meet or maybe for something else, a little more adult. And they're standing next to the person and they look at them and they're like, is this the person? It can't be. It doesn't look like them. And so that person recognizes you or whatever. And they come over and they say, oh, Lance, and you're looking like, yeah, OK, this does not look like this person. I mean, it could be even something on a business level, right? 
And they have a private life, they have a public life, whatever. And they and you see their personal social media stuff and you finally meet them and you're like, they have drastically changed their look. And the vibration from them is so different than the vibration that they set up on their social media pages that fool people. We have become a presentation. We have become something of what we want to ascend to be, but we don't want to do the work on the inside to become that and be that for real. I don't have a problem with you if you want to remove a pimple. But when you start to now change your look, and not only that, but change your life, and because that life on social media, that projection is perfect, we're wise, we, 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 we're smart, we're this, we're that. But we don't ask questions when we connect with these people. We, we, we have to ask questions because it's too easy to cre create a false persona on social media. It is. And I'm telling you, most of us would rather work hard to look like the real thing than work just as hard, if not harder, to alter the things within ourselves and clean, clean house. Clean house to be a better person for real, for real. But no, we don't want to do that. We want to do what I always say, like you always you have the right to take feces and smear chocolate cake icing over it. But it doesn't give you the right to call it chocolate cake. And if you're trying to pass this chocolate cake on to me and I know it's really feces, I'm going to vet you and test you and say, hey, take a first bite. <laughs> and if you take that bite, you know what you're going to have a mouth full of in your inside your mouth. Sweet shit. <laughs> okay, so we sweeten the shit. The shitty sides of ourselves, we sweeten it up and we're looking at the next person to see if we're fooling them. But the vibration is wrong. It's off. And you have to follow your gut feeling, especially these days. Because there's always secret agendas and hidden motivations. And again, I'm just saying this as a learning experience from what I've learned in life. Doesn't mean I'm completely paranoid and running around because really, this is the time of my life that I've decided to load shit. Whatever I do, I'm, I'm going to do it good. I'm not going to sit here and try to rush. Like even online here, you all, you all notice I don't do as much. I'll do one good thing a day, maybe something else. And when I settle down, things will naturally grow back again. But I am not stressing myself for these people out here. I'm not saying you in particular, but people who are not authentic. You'll never know who they are. It's their superficial self. And I have to say, I'm not saying 99%, but the majority, which can be anything from 51% to 99%, are fake. To some degree, they're fake. I'm not saying they're completely fake, but they have something that they put out there and they hide another part of their personality because they know it wouldn't be too kosher to expose that. But then when you get to know them, after a while, I say, uh-oh, this is not what they put out to the universe. So me, I'm not trying to figure anybody out. If you're real, it's going to show. I'm going to vet you. I'm going to cool out, enjoy myself, enjoy how far I've gotten over these last two decades plus two years on social media. Just the experience, because that's all it is. Because, you know, for all the work you put in, one day you're not going to be here. 
for all the work you put in. There's going to be that last time that you post on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And before all of those people know that you have died, they're watching you like, oh, okay, they're still here. You know, they might even send you a message. I remember having someone, and I was speaking with this person. We knew each other many decades ago, back in the 80s, in those days. But it wasn't that kind of vibe at this point. We both matured and everything, so nobody was trying to mess up anybody's life. But at some point, they wanted to bring back the memory and uh, the old days, like for old times' sake, but it wasn't happening. I didn't say it that way, but I knew it just wasn't happening. And But we were speaking about business and different things. And at the time I lived in Florida, she wanted to relocate down there from New York City. She was out on Long Island. And I gave her some key good pieces of information that she utilized. And she didn't have a chance to move down yet. So she had sent me all these messages. I sent her some messages. She sent me some back. And then I told her, I said, listen, give me a little while. I'm, I'm, I'm so caught up in what I'm doing for the day. I won't be able to respond in a proper manner until later on. Not knowing that I got a phone call from some friends of hers. They weren't mutual friends. They were friends of hers. My number was out there and she had spoke so highly of me. So they contacted me. Luckily, I had my number out there and let me know that she passed away. And she passed away. It was like about maybe 1230 in the morning. And she had sent me the message, 1215. And I had responded to her because I was up late. My day wasn't over. You all know I'm a night bird. But I was doing some stuff and finding out about about some information. I was over with a friend. Long story short, you know, but he had some equipment that I was interested in. And so I responded right after, you know, not knowing that she was gone. And that's something. So we're here today and gone tomorrow. We're here one minute and gone the next. So where is all this effort? What, what, what's coming out of it? Maybe you're in line making money. Maybe, you know, we, we use it to help us build connections for things we need and things we can offer. It's a great situation. But we tend to forget that many of us have morphed into something else because we want to present this perfect picture and it's really a waste of time, y'all. It's really, you're slimming down your face. <laughs> Guys are putting socks in their, in their slacks to look like they're more well-endowed. Listen, when you're on that slab as a dead body, all your secrets will come out. You're holding it in your stomach. You're wearing girdles. You're laying there, the gut's hanging. That little thing you got between your legs, fellas, that you're trying to hide. People are going to be walking around the room looking right at it. So what's the point? All your secrets are coming out. And when you pass on, many people will be less apprehensive to say many things about you to reveal your secrets. But we spend so much time on social media and it's spilled into life. That we are a presentation and not our authentic selves. Think about it. And we amp things up. Most of us, we say things. I'm just blessed to have a lot of stories, been through a lot of things, and I share them. 
But I have nothing to hide as far as like me trying to hide my appearance or hide my life. It's been very transparent. Therefore, it's brought very little stress to my life because I don't have to keep up with the lie. And then we die. And then most will realize they never really knew us. So what's the point? Why so much energy in this? So since I'm not that way, but still backing away from the volume and the engagement of many who could be maggot like climbing over and everybody on top of each other. And this this group think on we, we're all this and we're all that. Whatever category you think you're in. Is it real? When was the last time you sat down and had a good conversation with yourself? When was the last time you sat down and got to know yourself? When was the last time you thought about what you want to do instead of being influenced, as that's the popular word in social media, that person's a social media influencer and they don't even know their damn self. And you're running behind a person who doesn't even know themselves, who's putting a false projection into the world of who they are. And you're following something false. So you left your authentic self to follow something false and turn around and make yourself false because you think that false social media influencer is something so big, something so, oh, I want to aspire to be that. You watch a movie, you have a favorite actor. Oh, man, I want to aspire to be that. You see a singer, performer, entertainer, comedian, and you want to be that. Not knowing that, especially in Hollywood, it's all fake. You don't even know who these people are. It's, it's the fake imagery. And now we all have a little piece of Hollywood in our personal lives. Isn't that something? We can get on social media and be the star. And, and we don't even see the appreciation. Or we can't appreciate because it's fake. It's been reduced. Everybody wants to be the best of the false. But nobody wants to be the best version of themselves. And let me tell you something. That's the only way to go. I'm not trying to be anybody else other than Lance Skurve. I love Lance Skurve. I love myself. I love who I am. Some people will say, oh, he's narcissistic. He's so caught up in himself. Well, if I have a Toyota vehicle in my garage, what am I doing going and getting a Ford F-150 parts for it? Right? I got to be true to myself and get those Toyota parts. I got to be true to myself and meditate on what I want in life. And it makes it easier. So many people say, man, Lance, I, I could have never done what you did and moved to another country. What do you don't you miss this? And don't you miss that? Miss what? I miss the authentic people in my life. And they will always have me in their life. But miss what? Miss what the whole world tells you you should miss? I know myself. I like myself. I make myself laugh. I have memories. I have thoughts. I don't have to be in a physical location to know myself. I don't have to have certain false people around me to know myself. People say, well, don't you have, you don't have the friends that you had. Well, do, did I really have friends out there? Yes, they're a handful and they know who they are. But I don't cling on to things that are superficial and not real. I can jump to different worlds because my world begins from within. People say the God in you. You could say it that way. The creator in you. We're all creators. We came from a creator. And we're made to be creators. Little creators. 
So I can execute my mission in this world from anywhere. And more and more, I just want to be out in nature, away from these tainted energy fields. We spoke about energy fields yesterday. And I shot from the hip. I told it like, I, like it was from my point of view. And remember, it, it, it's not anything where I think I know everything. But look, I spent a lot of time with myself. So I can tell you what I think. It's not, I don't know. So if I feel I know something, don't knock me because I spent time with myself to get to know myself. I'm very comfortable with myself. I don't have to read. You don't hear any pages over here turning like I wrote something out. and scared. I can shoot from the hip. Because when I went up to New Jersey in 2009 to speak to those college students who most were going to be scientists, the night before, the young, one of the young ladies were helping with the whole presentation. She said, Lance, do you need a little time, a little place quiet to go over to um, kind of rehearse or, or practice? And I don't know if she ever remembered this, but she was so profoundly shocked when I said what I said. What was that? I told her, I said, listen, whatever age I was then, right? <laughs> I said, listen, I don't have to practice or rehearse on what I'm going to say because it's going to be authentic. I had all of these years of my life to know myself. So whatever I say, it's not scripted. It comes from the heart. It comes from the head of what I remember and the heart of how I feel. And she's like, wow, you're confident. I said, well, I, I'm not even going to say I'm confident, although I know I am, but I'm well versed on the subject of me and it's not being selfish, but there's so many people out here who study celebrities and well, they, they, they were born here and they, and this is the clothes they wear and that's the car they drive. This is where they live and they keep up in the lives of everybody else except themselves. So all they can do is emulate these individuals who are giving a false imagery, right? And follow through with the same thing to be not their authentic selves, to fabricate. It's like when you go for a job and you present your resume, but your resume is either a little doctored or doctored up a whole lot. Your work experience, if it's doctored up a whole lot, does not match reality. So if they get to calling up people to verify the information, they're going to come back at you and say, hey, listen, <laughs> what you have on this paper, it's, it's a fairy tale. Now, some people get away with padding it up with little things. You had three months where you were unemployed. So you said that, you know, your friend has a business and I was working here at this particular time for those months. The friend's not going to throw you under the bus. Hopefully not. That person calls you up for the resume to verify. And yes, yes, they were here. And yet you tell them, listen, between this month, these months here, this is when I was working June, July and August. Okay. Back in, back in uh, uh, 2018. They got to write it down. So when they get that call, it's like, okay, this is what it is. Too much work. Be yourself. Stop being fake. Stop being insecure. Thinking you have to fabricate this imagery. But when people in the know see it, they see how far off the market is. So the best way is to be comfortable in your skin. And I'm so happy and I'm so glad that I've done that over these years. That I've evolved now. There are things I said maybe 10, 15 years ago, 
in a blog post or somebody else's show that I, I've evolved and ascended from. Like, okay, I think about this now. So people come at me with old stuff. Like some guy came at me with about an old article I wrote back in 2004. And he was like, aha, you see, you lied. You said this then and you're saying this now. I said, buddy, listen, what year is this? 2023. I said, could you check and see when I wrote that article on my perspectives at that point? Oh, 2004. I said, listen, I've grown since then. Why are you going to hold me to task? See, people are always looking to catch you in something because most of these people who do that, they know they're damn liars. Most people are combing through your social media, watching as soon as you put up posts. I know there's certain people right there, right now. I can tell you their name if I would, but I'm not going to do that. Let them die a slow death <laughs> in anonymity with the slimy ways they have. I don't ever want to turn into that. To be found dead at the keyboard as a nondescript entity who had a false projection to the world where nobody really knew them. Because you know when you do that, you can't really receive true love. Meaning that you're not maybe looking for true love, but just the whole bonding with other people who may happen to be online, which I have done. It's possible, but you got to be real. You got to be authentic. You see what I mean? See, and when they feel that you have found the chink in their armor and a peek into who they really are, they vanish. <laughs> but you knew it all along. So this is why when you're real, and the next person's real, you can have a real connection that can evolve into a face-to-face -face real life relationship on some level, friendship, romantic, commitment, whatever it may be. And you have to understand that when you put the false imagery out, the love you receive is for the false imagery. It's not because of you. So your heart will end up starving. Not that you depend on social media context for that, but the time that you put in on that. So my suggestion, keep it minimal. Don't take it serious because people lie to themselves. What makes you think they're not going to lie to you? People lie to God. What makes you think that they're not going to lie to you? Be as authentic as you possibly can to the world and to yourself. Don't get caught up into padding your resume and putting things there that don't belong. It makes no sense. You're only fooling yourself and you're wasting time. Because like I said, when I, when I started thinking about being dead at the keyboard, <sighs> imagine that. And you know what? They'll put the RIPs. They'll say something nice for the part of you that was not authentic that they don't know. I mean, they know that part. They don't know you. And you're gone, and within the next few hours, they're on to the next one. Look at the famous people who have transitioned. You know, I, too much to, um, to list. Famous people, semi-famous people, people that you know real good because of the things that you're into, and maybe some people that you just don't know. You didn't wake up crying for them this morning. You didn't wake up. You know, they don't dominate your mind. So how foolish would I be to think that, oh, yes, it's all about Lance Curve. I don't think that way. You must know that. But there are people I know that think that it's all about them. 
I'm just another brother out here sharing my experiences and one day I'll be gone. And this is my way of showing you love. Right. And I'm always going to do that. But there's so this online experience is so clogged with people with their own hang ups, their own delusions. And they want to inflict that on the world and make you believers of all of this stuff and be followers of them. And no, it doesn't work that way. They get very disappointed. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> don't get mad at me if you don't have like. 20 million subscribers because you're so great. A lot of us think of, of ourselves in that way. Hiding behind a mask. Or two. Or three. Or four. It's like the joke I always like to say. It was not really a joke. It's a statement. It's just a thought. Like, if you have so many secret lives, that's how many masks you have to have to cover. So imagine how confused people would be when they show up at a funeral. <laughs> Let's just make up a few scenarios, right? Let's just say there's a pastor and everybody thinks of him so highly. I'm not mad at that. There's some good-hearted pastors out there. They're all not pimp pastors, right? People seem to think that I think all pastors are pimps. No, but they may be off a little bit. We won't get into that right now. Let's just look at this scenario. You have a pastor who raged against homosexuality. He raged against the LGBTQ community. Now, I'm not defending him. I'm just using this as an example. Then he has this really big funeral. And it's 85% gays and lesbians. And this is a man, a pastor. Most of them are gay men. <laughs> and you're wondering, like, why are these gay people here? Not that they don't have the right to show up. But this is a guy who is an enemy of that community or that uh, uh, that umbrella, the people under that umbrella. And so two, two plus two is four. He might have raged against them publicly, but a lot of them people there might have been people who were getting down with him over the years. The truth comes out. The secrets come out. You can't hide it. You see what I mean? It's like you can be a functional uh, addict using drugs. Then you overdose one day. Nobody knew you used drugs. But now you got a needle in your arm and all this drug paraphernalia packed away. So when your family comes and goes through your things, say, wait a second. That was an overdose. So we thought that maybe somebody stuck a needle in their arm. But look at all this stuff here. They've been doing it. We didn't know. So come clean with yourself. Be, be, be at peace with yourself. But we don't want to be at peace with ourselves. We'd rather cover it over with the social media presentation that we've become and that other self that will never let our true selves breathe when somebody's glad to see me I know they're glad to see me for me they may see what I put online which is an extension of me but they're not caught up in that they're caught up in me not caught up like I'm some god but I mean like into me like Lance how are you doing today how are you doing today we aspire for the social media greatness. We want to have all of the hits and uh, put on this performance and then what? You know, like a song out of um, from Dr. Buzz's original Savannah band. It was called Nocturnal Interludes. Now, Dr. Buzz's original Savannah band, I think the album came out in 1976. I was 13 years old. I love that album. I was always advanced with music. I was all. I was exposed to 
all kind of music anyway. So it was just, just wasn't just R&B and eventually just rap. I'm into everything. You, my playlist, pff, you'll be confused if you try to typecast me and say, okay, he's this and this is all he likes. No. I like some weird sound of music. I'm only saying it's weird because you, you would probably say it, right? But to me, it's not. So this is what keeps me varied. Again, because my mother and father exposed me to so much in that rich, ripe time of growing up in New York City, which doesn't make me better than anybody. But that's a hell of a place at that time. Right now, it ain't what it used to be. Even New York is the superficial presentation of this tourist attraction. But I remember the real nitty gritty raw New York. I remember the smell of it, the sight of it, the taste of it, how it felt, how it made me feel. But that's a different story. We'll talk New York stories another time. And I have a whole, I got years of stories about that. I'm trying to hurry me get this cargo of experiences out of me before my plane lands. <laughs> right? But that's the thing. It's, it's, we have to breathe. We have to be happy with ourselves. And so for me now, you know, I'm about to take a nice long walk. I'm not taking my cell phone. I'm not taking any cameras. I'm just going to throw on my shorts, my t-shirt, and to take another shower and just take a long walk and be at peace and let things flow. In this day and age, with so much to worry about, which you should not be worrying about anything, you show concern. For the time that you show concern to get things done and you let it go. Worrying is 24 hours. Worrying in the middle of the night about this bill being paid. And about this. You, you've come through so much. Why are you worried? I'm quite sure you've been through things that you didn't know how the heck you're going to get through this thing. But you're alive and well. Maybe you caught some scars in that period of time. I don't mean just physical scars. But in the heart, your emotion, your mental that you're still healing up from. But guess what? You're still here. You don't need to worry about a thing. The only thing you worry about is a toothache in the middle of the night and worry when the dentist is going to open. Like, oh God, I hope it doesn't open up at 11. I hope he opens up at 7 so I can get this thing pulled because that's something physical bothering you in the middle of the night. Other than that, you're going to live life, you're going to get through, and you're going to live to tell about it because you've already done that. And since you've done that so many times, why do you relegate yourself to the negative emotion of, of worry? Because you'll get people around you who sort of, you know, I know people who are quite close to me and some minor thing, they'll be calling you. So what are you going to do? I wouldn't want to be in your position. I think you better hurry up and try to figure out how to get yourself out of this one. So, and they, they taunt you. Are you mad? I'm sorry. I'm just showing concern. No, they want to see you fry because maybe they know you for a long time and they see that you're a winner. They see that you can adapt. They see you always come through because you're connected to yourself and you're connected to your creator. That instruction will come to you, but it's not going to come to you in the madness of you putting up a fake self, which is which is an insult. Let's just say God. OK. It's an insult to God that you change yourself and present something that he didn't make you to be. And that goes across the board, whether it's just a social media personality that's not yours that you fabricated or chopping off your penis and telling the world that you're a woman when you really were made to be a man. You're going to have to account for that. 
I'm not mad at you. Do what you want to do. Like they say in the song, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you. Just sock it to me. See, I was raised on that good old music. But you do what you want to do. But when you realize that you've lost yourself. And you don't even know who you are. So when you're hurt and you're crying tears, you're not centered. You're not stable. You're not rooted in who you are. When you're not, when you're not grounded, you're not strong. I always refer to boxing. Look at it this way. If your feet are not planted strong and, 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 and you're in position, you're not standing straight up with your feet together. You have no power like that. When you spread them legs apart and squat a little bit and you aim that blow just right, that's where the power comes from, up from your hips, up from the ground. But if you're jumping around on, on your tippy toe, jumping around, you have no power. You jumping up and you throwing your, it's only arm blows then, there's no power behind it. You got to be grounded. Grounded. Some people act like foundations don't matter. The foundation of your spiritual knowledge, the foundation of who you are, the foundation of your history, of your culture, of your practices. This is why with black people, they're so weak and watered down and run with anything because they're not rooted and grounded in who they are. And some of them, most of them don't even want to be who they are. So you'll never become anything. You might be a pawn in the system and say, well, I became this great uh, actor and so on. Yeah, because that's in somebody else's system. And when you die, they take your money to take your image, everything. But be rooted in who you are. I don't need validation to be Lance Skurv because I am Lance Skurv. Government named Lance Skurvin, but I am a manifestation of what you see of who I really, who I, who, who I really am. Simple as that. I can sit here all day and talk. Because I'm not talking, well, what would this fabrication say? What would that, oh no, you have to be careful. No, I have to be careful with nothing. I say what I want to say. And that's me saying it. I have to hold my words for nobody. Why should you? That's like having to go to the bathroom. And somebody says, well, um, you have to go to the bathroom? Oh no, I don't. All of a sudden you sit at the dinner table and something starts stinking. Little, little kid, well, mommy, that man, he, the one you invited to dinner, he got doodle all in his shoes and his socks because it's got to come out. I'm, I'm going to be real with myself. Yeah, I got to use the bathroom. If you tell me I can't, I'm going to go find a spot outside and go. If you want to gather around and look at me and think you're going to shame me, no. I will be squatting, going, looking at you dead in your eye while it's coming out. With a little vein in the side of my neck popping up, pushing. When you eat good, you don't have to push. <laughs> no shame in being human and being myself. People try to shame you from being yourself and they, they want you to do like them and become the superficial person. I'm not going to do it because you know what? You absorb more life. You absorb more joy out of life when you are you. There's no barriers of this fake person that you have to, uh, I have to act this way because this is what I've made myself to be out to the world. And what, you know what, you know the sad part about it is our children are following through and they will get to their adult years and they'll get to middle age and without the foundation of knowing who they are, they'll never know who they are. They'll realize that they've been acting all of their life that they're not authentic this is why the vibrations of, of a lot of and i'm not this is not a generational uh, put down 
but the vibrations are not as strong because they didn't take from what came before them and, and dealt with the insecurities of adolescence. You see, that period of adolescence where you feel, oh, my stomach is too big, my arms are too small, my face is too chubby, oh, I got zits, I got pimples. You need that. You need that. So you can check yourself and improve yourself. You use healthy insecurity to improve yourself. But this unhealthy thing where the world and social media and everybody's perfect out there makes you insecure about yourself so much over and above that we going now to get plastic surgery, BBLs, nose jobs, getting the lips puffed up, you know, skin whitened and uh-uh. A little bit of healthy insecurity is good. It makes you improve yourself. And then you understand that everybody has things about themselves that they think they need improvement in. But it's okay because you can embrace who you are. I have embraced who I am. Don't be mad at me because I love who I am. I love the way God made me. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Embrace yourself. If you got a big nose, love that big nose. If you got big lips, love those big lips. Because, you know, look, sisters, brothers, well, it's mostly the sisters. Oh, my lips are too big. But there's a white woman who wish she had lips like, like you and shooting that stuff in her, in her lips to make it puff out more. You don't realize how beautiful you are. Unbelievable. We've been tricked into thinking that we're like inferior. And we got to downsize ourselves to look like them who think we are or who know we are <laughs> gifted. White girls in the school laughed at the hips and the beautiful backside of that young black sister. Now she has a complex about it and wants to shrink down, get anorexic, lighten up the skin, look dead. Why you want to look like a corpse? That's their problem. We got to really check ourselves. So for me, alone time and downtime is very important. Facing yourself. Stripping away this mask that you've created for the masses of people to see. Put that down. Bare your soul. Show me your face. Show me your face. Don't put no makeup on. Because social media is a form of makeup also, right? It hides certain things. Show me who you are. Not just your head. Step back. Let me see the whole body. And talk to the people and be who you are. You know that terrifies a lot of people. But those are the same people who want to hide behind the scenes and, and have influence over so much. But they're afraid to show themselves. Be careful of people like that. Be careful. Really think. Really think. You all know so much about me. And you have these other entities out here who want to work from the shadows. You trust them? <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. So I can't tell you enough or urge you enough that we should really let this stuff go. We can be on it, but just be yourself, which is hard for a lot of people because of the insecurities. But if you can conquer those, your confidence in who you are will reign supreme in your life. It'll reign supreme. And you'll vibrate with nature and the world around you. Just as sure as I'm watching from the back of this apartment, 
I'm looking up into the mountains and they're beautiful. Like when I go up on the rooftop and I turn the camera, you can see the mountains right behind me. It's a beautiful thing. And so that inner voice that is divine, that whispers to you, that oftentimes we can't hear because we're so caught up in the noise of this engineered world. And we miss out on the directions that we, we, we must move into because we didn't hear that voice. You're so gung-ho to get up and spend the night out on the town, not knowing you're going to your death in that shootout. But that voice that you heard partially that told you to stay in tonight, rest yourself, recharge so you can see another day. And you thought it was too corny. You said, uh-uh. I don't need to listen to that voice. I'm going out because I want to. That drive on a rainy night to go to an all-night store to pick up some things that you really didn't need ended up in that bad accident that left you par paralyzed. Right? I'm not trying to scare people. I'm not looking at things gory. But if you always listen to that voice, it will never lead you wrong. And you've heard it sometimes. And how many times have you found yourself caught up in something? That you said to yourself, I knew I shouldn't have gone out. I knew I shouldn't have met up with this person of the opposite sex. I knew I shouldn't have found myself on that dark street at that particular time because that voice from the inside was trying to tell me not to do it. You could say it's your gut. It, it, you can say it's the gift of discernment. You can say whatever it is, but you know what it is. And you need to listen to that all the time. 100% of the time, 24-7. So now for me, I am guided in how I move on social media. I'm guided how I'm moving in this 60th year of my life. And I'm so glad to say that my filters are clean and I have, I'm, I'm absorbing so much life rushing through me. As opposed to me putting out the representative and it's like a condom that stops. It's a barrier that stops life from flowing in you. Life cannot flow from the man into the woman, which she has life and he has life, both components. But if you have a condom on, it stops those two things from meeting, right? It keeps sperm from meeting egg. Well, this is what we're doing. when We have that part of us that's not authentic put out to the world. They're meeting a representative. And we get in trouble and waste time because we took what the representative told us as the truth. So we've got to understand that we've got to vet these people. We don't know what's in their mind. We don't know what kind of people they are. But we're so caught up in the superficial. We're so trained to see the Photoshop version of ourselves or the other person that we take it, we're so desperate because it looks so good. Let me ask you something. How many times have you purchased an apple? Let's just say an apple or any kind of fruit that you can bite into. And the apple was sitting on the shelf so shiny, so polished, so picture perfect. And they had that little piece of paper, like a little label that they stick on there, right? You pull that off, you, wa you, you wash that off, put a little water on it, rub it off so there's no glue going in your system. And you sit down to enjoy this apple. Well, guess what? When you bite into that apple, you have a mouth 
full of rotten apple. And you're so shocked because the apple looks so good. See, so we see things that look good because we are meeting the representative, but we don't ask any questions. We don't dig deeper to see if you're rotten on the inside or not. And now we have a mouthful of rotten apple in our lives. And sometimes we bring that apple home, but we don't eat it right away. You bring that person home or you bring them in your inner circle. You get into a relationship with them and you eventually get so close and you're a hook, line and sinker on the representative. And now maybe two years later. Now, I'm not saying you wait two years to bite that apple, but in relationships, we don't really dig deep to bite deep to find out what's in that person. And they're not going to tell us if they're fraudulent. We have to find out because of circumstances. We have to find out what's at the bottom of that glass by taking that spoon and stirring it up. You don't often find out what's at the bottom of the lake or the bottom of the ocean until there's a storm. So sometimes we have storms in our life, storms of poverty where money's low, storms of arguments with in-laws and we see the allegiance of the person that we're with when we're done wrong by one of their siblings, one of their family members. So we never ask the questions. We ask them the questions. Now, see, look, if you have a company and you're hiring someone, you just don't sit down and say, can you do this complicated work? Can you fly this airplane? Can you drive this bus? We're dealing with food here and different types of substances to keep the food clean to, or filters or whatever. The machinery, can you operate this? And you go later on and you see them standing there looking stupid in the cockpit, behind the wheel of the bus, or in this food company where they process food and they don't know what they're doing. It's so, so easy to say yes. It's so easy to say or have that representative say, I love you. I'm going to commit to you for the rest of your life. And it's, it, I'm not saying it's always that way, but nine times out of ten, y'all, look at the tabloids. Look at what you hear with your friends. Nine times out of ten, it's a lie. It's a bold-faced lie. And you're sitting there like, how could she? Or how could he? It's easy to talk. It's easy to give you that presentation. And we have practice every day on social media by presenting to the world something that's not us. Isn't that sick? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> we, we don't ask the questions. Listen, do you know what real commitment is? This is what you're asking them. Are you ready to commit to me as I am to commit to you? How are you with money? Do you get money in your hands and go out on shopping sprees or just spend money irresponsibly until you have nothing left? Do you keep the home clean? Do you clean up after yourself? Because I know I do. And you see that I live by myself and I keep my place meticulously clean. So we get together. You know, it's going to be very upsetting to me if I don't have someone who's just as clean as I am. See, it's those little things that pierce through the surface of the apple's exterior that make you see the rotten person on the inside. And sometimes we get a glimpse of it and we just say, oh, well, <laughs> let's hope for the best. Uh-uh, this is your life. What do you mean hope for the best? You need to investigate. As a matter of fact, you should have investigated from day one. But too many of us accept the representative. And we need to ask the questions. Do you know how to cook? I know how to cook. But if 
I can't cook for myself. I would expect for you to fill in where I'm deficient at the time. You're earning money. I don't want your money, but we can pool our money together in this relationship and build something great. But if something happened to me for a few months, I was injured. Could you pull things completely by yourself? Because I know I can because I've been doing it for so many years of my life. And I would undergird you and support you if something happened to you. That's part of the commitment. That's part of the contract of us both being together. We don't ask questions. Well, why are you with this person? Because he looked good. He do me right in the bedroom. Well, like I always say, it's nice to sometimes cut the lights off when you're making love. But you don't want to have no options at all where the lights are off because you didn't pay the bill. Now you're doing it mad. Because that stuff in the freezer and the refrigerator is spoiling, right? You have no lights. You can't get on the computer. You can't do anything. Well, you can live without electricity. But pretty much most of us, it's something that's all right. We pay for it, right? And if you can't pay for it, what good? What's the good? Are you faithful? Do you have the wandering eye? Do you really know how to make a person feel good? Like, what are the things that piss you off? Right? With me, who wants their woman smiling up in some strange man's face who has lust in his eye? Who don't give a damn about your relationship and you want this attention because you like attention. Who wants to be with a person who wants attention the wrong way from the opposite sex? So you got to check these little things. That little thread hanging off on your suit might indicate that if it comes out some more, you might find yourself half naked because it's the thread that holds together the suit. You check everything. We check the new vehicles that we buy. We sit down sometimes for hours at the dealership working it out with the car dealer. We do everything in detail to make sure things go right. But I find it's amazing that with our bodies, with our relationships, we don't kick the tires. We don't go up under the hood to see if everything is to our liking. And it's sad because it's that representative that is not the real thing. That is fabricated and photoshopped and airbrushed under the proper lighting with the filters that look so good. But when you get them back deep into your life, you realize you bit in to a rotten apple. Isn't your love worth it? How many people do you know who've said, oh, if I only knew about this person, what, what I found out, I wouldn't have wasted the last four years with them. Four years? Some people is 10 and 15. Some people is 20. Some people, it can be a lifetime. What a letdown to know that you are loving and in a relationship with a representative that doesn't give a damn about you. They're in it for their own selfish reasons. And you find out and you realize you've been duped. This is emotional masturbation. It was only you involved in this situation and there was nothing coming back from anywhere else. So you're basically doing yourself with the delusion that you had in your head that you were in something real. Check that out. How about that? Representative. Huh. And these are things that you should already have in check from within. Right? So we don't know. We have to hope that what we see 
or what that person presents is authentic. But we shouldn't just take it on face value. We should make sure to show ourselves, even though they may vet us, and we should understand why they want to vet us. Because the majority of people out here are not real. That's just a fact of the matter. Do you think the majority of the people out here are real? They may be real to a certain degree. They may not be a mass murderer. They may not be somebody who puts a gun to your head and takes your money. But if they are not all the way real with themselves, how can they be real with you? So don't expect it. Give it and protect yourself. Because there's a lot of falsehoods running around here. There's a lot of us who have become presentations. Just like when you go to the car dealership and they all meet you smiling. I remember the time and the times that I've gone to car dealerships, I would always say, I said, man, in, in this racist country of America, I've never seen so many smiling white men coming at me looking to shake my hand as soon as I come to the door. <laughs> they want that sale. They want to send their kids to college. They want to make those last few payments on that condo that they have, whatever it may be, they're looking for money. They're not your friend. And I'm not mad at that. You ain't going to friend up everybody, right? But you understand that that's superficial, but it's really business. Because as soon as they get your signature and your credit is approved and the car is prepped and you're driving out of the lot, another one bites the dust, get out of here. Let's look for the new fool. That's just the way it is. How many of us just don't see life as we should? Once we understand the reality of the situation and how this engineered world is, you understand how to take it. You understand that there are people out here who have knives behind their back ready to stab it into yours. Then you can enjoy your life. I enjoy mine. I enjoyed waking up this morning. I enjoyed having some breakfast. I enjoyed not having to feel this thing on the inside that I got to keep producing, producing, producing. No, 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 no. And even when I was like that, it was authentic. But many of those who saw the volume of work weren't authentic and didn't like it because they couldn't keep up. Well, there's another period coming where there's going to be a lot of stuff very soon. But I'm happy from within. I'm vibing with nature. I'm downsizing a lot of things. And you don't have to carry as much weight when you downsize. There's not much expectations. All you want is to have that beautiful experience of the day that is a gift and is the gift of life. How many of us miss out on the gift of life? The gift of the fact that you have a body. The gift of, of, of health. You worried about your neighbor who bought a brand new vehicle, but you have health. Why are you worried about something that's not important to you? Why are you so caught up in this part of you that's, that's not real? And the part of the other person who's not real, that's a presentation. We talk about we're scared of ghosts. I don't want to see nothing walking around my home in the middle of the night. Ooh. But you're seeing ghosts every single day, day and night in your life. You might be laying in the bed with a 
presentation of a person and not the real person that they are, which you might not like when you find out what they're all about. And sometimes we meet some very real people. And the vibration coming off of them is so real, we realize that we are fake. Or we realize we have parts of us that's fake. Like the old grandmother used to take the chicken and put it up on the stove over the flames and sear off the hairs that you didn't see. Our real energy makes people uncomfortable. They don't like it. So they will attack you. I don't mean physically. They, they ain't going to be that dumb. Because I'm, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I got to cool out with that because I don't want to burn myself out being in fight ready mode all the time. That's just one of the things of growing up in New York City. As soon as somebody looks like they're going to take a swing, I already got you. Pop! Right there. So I, that, that's one of the things I have to work on. But stop involving yourself in energies that are not real and getting into these energy fields that are toxic. That want to make their issues and their challenges, which they see as problems, yours. And they sit back. And they've gotten you into your, your giving mode, your enabling mode. And now you're working out problems that you did not cause. If you owe all that money and had to flee the country, that's you. Don't be mad at me. If on my credit report there's nobody that I know that I owe anything to, it's because that's something that I did by being responsible, by being accountable for my actions, by thinking ahead and not thinking with the wrong head. So when you walk listening to that voice, that inner voice, that is something that's never going to lead you wrong. But if you listen to the calls of the superficial, you'll never build up any what I would call credit with yourself. Because, see, when you know yourself, you know what you're capable of. You know where you're deficient. You know what to build. You know what to focus on. You know what your gifts are. It comes a little easier. And when you have yourself straight and you transition, even if it's a painful transition in an accident or a sickness, the peace will come because you're at peace with yourself, the real you. Not your clothes that you put on you, not your makeup that you put on you, not your wig that you put on you, not that Viagra pill that you take to go perform for longer to impress somebody for what? Everybody taking Viagra, so what? I ain't doing that. <laughs> but all these things we put importance in that won't matter when you get to the next level. And when we go through, it's like a person who's going to the airport, right? And they're not allowed to take certain things. They have to leave it behind. If all your stuff was a superficial and you have to leave all of that behind that you put so much work into. And you go to the next level. You have this rotten personality that has shrunk, atrophied, rotten, that you never worked on because you compounded everything and piled yourself up under the superficial Imagery and personality and status and all of this stuff. I'm trying to take that stuff off. I want to work on the real me. I want to generate the positive energy and be so focused and, and be so authentic. That I'm vibrating high. And when the body goes, I can vibrate right on up out of here and ascend. But if you're caught up in the low vibrational things and the bad energy, you're going to stay right where you are. That's why so many people are being afraid or they're afraid to see a body put down into the ground because they're focused on this level. The bones, the water, 
the minerals, all the things that make your body, you are not even your body. Could you imagine? Look at all the water that we've consumed all our life. That water has always been around in some form or fashion. Maybe it was steam. Maybe it was ice. It was water. Maybe some of the water in you it was formerly dinosaur piss from millions of years ago. You know what I mean? Recycled. Think about that. So even we are not ourselves if we think of ourselves just in the physical. There's so much to this level we have to learn. And we don't even have, have enough time to learn it. So you better grasp as much as you can. And, and working on the false persona of social media to become just that presentation is a way of us not activating our life force to ascend. I don't care what people think of me. I'm not up at night worried about that. You can say what you want. This is my life and it was given to me. If your life is not happy and you're caught up in your little delusions and paranoias and all that stuff, that's on you. You got homework to do. I ain't got it. And right now, I'm not trying to be bothered with it right now. Right now, I'm trying to accelerate what I've put myself in. If I put myself in an advantageous position that people thought I was crazy when I said, hey, certain things need to be done. I can see this. I can see that. I'm not a guru, but when you see it, you want to warn your people. But when, when crap hits the fan, don't be mad at me. Because I'm just always trying to always make it where I'm keeping things real. And with me personally, I don't ever ever want to lie to myself lay off that social media if it's messing you up that way seek to find the real you so many of us are strangers to ourselves, and it's not going to go anywhere much love to you all i'm on to the next one landscurve out leave your comments share and subscribe if you wish if i can get a little hundred hits out of this video i'm happy if i get one I'm happy somebody listened. But that's okay whether they do or don't. I'm on my path and I'm on my journey. And I'm going to get to where I have to get. Because everything I've projected, I've followed through. And there's no lie in that. You can see it as proof. Much love. Peace.